Hello and welcome back to the Metal Saves podcast. I'm your host as ever, JB. I'm going to get straight into things and just go over a couple of the big news stories. Not a huge amount of news in the metal world this week, but obviously the big headline is Chris Adler has broken the silence over his exit from Lamb of God. So in a statement he put out on the internet this week, He said, and I quote, I feel it's time to address the many questions being asked about my departure from Lamb of God. Allow me to start with a relative concept of understanding. We all gave our lives to this. 26 years is not flippant. Each one of us sacrificed and lost much on a personal level to live the dream we had when we were kids. I will always love each member of the band for believing in me and agreeing to take on the world. We managed to find some love in the machine, but in turn, it took things that cannot be recovered. I did not leave the dream, I did not make the decision to leave my life's work. The truth is that I am unwilling to paint by numbers. I wish my brothers all the best in their continued ventures. I can assure you that you will hear from me again. I was given a gift and hope to continue to share it. Many have asked about the motorbike accident I had in Thailand in 2017. It's true that it was not pretty, and I've, but I've been well since August of 2018. Thank you for your concerns. I support my friends and the dream I allowed them to share in. I loved and I'm still humbled by every second of smiles and horns we elicited. There is an ambiguous concept in our world of selling out. I cannot define that outside of my personal understanding, but know that being trapped in a creative formula and or playing the same song 10,000 times did not bolster my love of playing. I've never been one to phone it in. I'd rather mow the grass. I acknowledge and am truly grateful of achieving my childhood dream. I have two Grammys that sit on my mother's mantelpiece. I think she deserves three, so this party isn't over. I was not given a choice in this, and my dream is alive. Feel free to say hello if you see me mowing the grass. It never gets old. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you, Chris. So I think it's fairly obvious there um, from the, the comment that he's unwilling to paint by numbers and that he was trapped in a creative process uh, or formula I think as he put in his words seems that he was possibly a bit more willing to experiment than maybe the other members in Lamb of God Um, he's not happy to just sit by and pump out the same old songs live he probably wanted to try different things try and take the band in a different direction Lamb of God are, while they're a fantastic band they are very consistent in their sound uh, and their approach to to their craft so it seems like creative differences um, the classic cliche of, of why bands split up or why members leave the band seems that Chris Adler has fallen victim to that but do not fret because almost in the same breath he has returned to the stage as part of a super group called Hail. they recently uh, played a live show in Dubai uh, alongside Chris Adler is Steve Souza from Exodus James Lomenzo, who's ex-Black Label Society and ex-Megadeth, and Phil Demmel, who's played with, of course, Machine Head and Violence. So be sure to check out Hail. There is a a video circulating online um, from some songs from that Dubai show. So check them out. They're obviously going to be putting together some records and releasing some stuff in the near future. News coming out of the Judas Priest camp. Rob Halford has said that uh, ahead of the 50th anniversary tour, when speaking to Rolling Stone, he said that they're going to be bringing out something very, very special. He said they're still plotting the stage design 
and finalizing the set list. He told Rolling Stone, I've been feverishly working over the last few weeks and months with our stage designers to make something very, very special. We're going to go deep, deep, deep into the catalogue and try to find songs that we've never played before and wrap it into the history of Priest and the 50th anniversary. The official Priest 50th Spectacular starts next year, so it's going to be a great show. We've got some really big surprises and it's going to be a wonderful celebration of Priest and British heavy metal. So, if you're lucky enough to be heading out onto that 50th anniversary tour, then you should be in for a pleasant surprise. Uh, just what Rob Halford has got up his sleeve, we don't quite know, but it's not long until we find out. And can you believe it's been it's been 50 years of Judas Priest? That is an incredible record by anyone's standard. Okay, so like I said, not going to spend too much time on the news with this new format of the show. That was the the big headlines that I thought wanted to quickly address. We wish Chris Adler all the best with his new venture in Hale. So the topic of the show today is going to be everyone's favourite band they love to hate, Metallica. And we're talking about Metallica uh, and posing the question, are they a band or a brand nowadays? And if so, where did that turning point occur and has it affected their music at all? Love them or loathe them, Metallica are without a doubt the biggest metal band in the world. With a net worth that's in the billions nowadays, the San Francisco veterans know a thing or two about making money. Many fans today see Metallica as more of a brand than a band, but where was that turning point? Has their music suffered in the light of their status? Possibly. In the 80s and 90s, Metallica could do no wrong. Rising from obscurity to become one of the pioneers of bringing modern metal into the mainstream. After a popular debut, Kill Em All, huge success was found with Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets and Justice For All and the iconic self-titled release often referred to as the Black Album. These four albums, spread across two decades, set the foundation for Metallica to become the juggernaut that they are today. These records are also considered to be classics. They're classic Metallica and classic thrash metal. They still generate revenue to this day and were from a time before they really started to experiment with their sound on albums such as Load and Reload. They also came for the infamous Saint Anger, the band's only real failed album and a subject worthy of a podcast episode itself that we may touch on in the future. So when did Metallica shift from a fresh band to a household brand name? In my personal opinion, it began with S&M, the live album recorded with the San Francisco Orchestra. This was released in 1999. It was a groundbreaking release, a titanic fresh metal band recording and performing their songs live with a full orchestra in a way that these songs had never been heard before. It was a bold move, and it brought the band further into the mainstream that they'd been pushed up against since the Black Album. Sure, they tried new things in Load and Reload, as I mentioned, but nothing like this, nothing on this scale. The band's long-term management saw a way to begin moulding the band into something more than just a, a thrash metal band, a way to transcend their position among the big four thrash legends. And I personally believe this started with the S&M project. Fans, new and old, seemed open to a different flavour of Metallica and Q-Time management seemed to seize that opportunity. The album sold well, it's, it's still generally well regarded today and it proved that people were willing to see what was considered at the time one of the heavier bands try something different and, and soften their approach to their music and there's some, there's some fantastic tracks on that album and it was accepted so why not take the opportunity? That's why I believe with this project that this was the, the beginning of that turning point. So armed with the idea that Metallica could sell anything, 
the band moved to production of the now infamous Scent Anger album. Armed with the idea that Metallica could sell basically anything, the band moved to production of the now infamous Saint Anger. Even though the record was considered a flop by fans, it did perform well commercially. It was a, a sort of a comeback album, people had waited a long time and it was delayed with James Hetfield's rehab, so it was gobbled up off of shelves when it came out. And the documentary, Some Kind of Monster, that showed in raw detail the near self-destruction of the band also became a success filmed during the time that this album was being put together. Now, I don't want to dwell too long on St. Anger, but if you're not familiar with it, they stripped down and sort of had this garage feel to everything. There's no guitar solos on there. It doesn't really sound like Metallica. The, the drum kit vibrates all over the place. It's a mess of a sound. It's We can appreciate what they tried to do, going back to that raw sort of analog sound, but it just simply didn't work. The documentary, Some Kind of Monster, showed the band's management bringing in a psychologist um, and like I say the near self-destruction of the band became the selling point of that documentary and that became immensely popular. Knowing that even the band at its absolute lowest could generate revenue, the writing was on the wall. I believe that these contributing factors led to the Metallica that we see today. They're still profitable back catalogue, their willingness to experiment and cross into the mainstream and their self-sacrifice paved the way for the brand of Metallica, this new corporate Metallica. We now have Metallica whiskey, beer, board shorts, movies, and in even an exclusive clothing line at Selfridges. Now that last one is probably evidence enough that it's not just about the music anymore for Metallica. This is in no way a snipe of the band. I'm personally a big fan, and I'm not calling them out. I'm simply looking at the facts. Metallica are close to the levels of revenue that Kiss generate. And that's an achievement. I'm not saying it isn't. I find it somewhat fascinating when a band or an artist evolves into something different and becomes pure selling power. Metallica still sell out huge arenas. They still sell millions of albums. Has their music taken a hit because of this? Maybe. Death Magnetic was an album that resonated with many, but not all. It was again a differently packaged Metallica sound. Sure, there was some flashy elements on there, the excellent All Night Men Long being the obvious example. But tracks like Unforgiven Part 3 and The Day That Never Comes were far removed from that and ran cold with some fans. The band persisted though. They continued to sell and they delivered hardwired to self-destruct. This album fared a little better in opinion polls. It was heavier and maybe closer to the roots of Hetfield & Co. And it spawned a mammoth world tour that again generated even more cash flow. Metallica and their management are obviously doing something right. Risky albums sell. They may not stick around, but they sell on release. This was proved with Scent Anger. The band's failures and breakdowns also sell, and they only add to their mythology. Lars, James and Kirk have bled Metallica for most of their life. They've not really known anything different. They were young when they started out, and they've been going for around 40 years. This is all they know. They are Metallica. Maybe they are simply hardwired to succeed and transcend music altogether. Only time will tell. James Hetfield is in rehab at the moment, but they've got five US festivals planned for next year and rumors of another album. So what are we gonna get? Are we gonna get more old school Metallica? Are we gonna get something completely different? Either way, it's going to sell. And it seems that despite their long running career, Metallica really aren't going anywhere. But what are your thoughts? Get in touch with us via any comment section wherever you listen 
to your podcasts, send us an email to metalsaves1 at gmail.com or get in touch with us via Instagram at metal underscore saves. Let us know your thoughts. Love Metallica? Hate Metallica? Do you see them more as just a brand name, a sellout? Or, like myself, do you still have a fond love for them? Let us know. I'll be excited to hear what you think. So, a little bit of news on the podcast front. There's going to be a bonus episode for Halloween. It's going to air on Halloween itself, 31st of October, obviously. It's going to be looking at a couple of dark subjects, a couple of quirky subjects as well, all related to the world of hard rock and metal, of course. I'm excited to get stuck in and record it, and that will be live on the 31st of October on Halloween itself bonus episode so please tune in to listen to that with that that is today's episode done hope you enjoyed that like i said get in touch let us know what you think about metallica and this new corporate metallica that we see their selling power are they a brand or are they still simply a fresh metal band until next time many thanks